Hey there, travelers. Welcome back to the Inn of the Seven Dice. The walls of white are getting damn close. I can see them. They're not far off the shore. They're still probably a good 20 miles away from us, but that ain't far at all. The oceans themselves are... It looks like, honestly, they're starting to recede. What I'm guessing is happening is something's going on in that wall of white, and it's consuming this water, and I'm, I'm not sure what it is exactly. But right now, everybody's funneling in here. Sanctuary is absolutely packed. We have people set up all out there. And we've gathered a few more heroes to try to help us out. But let's go over and talk to Wingover. Greetings there, travelers. It's me, Wingover Gimbal, famous known by Portal Professional. And I am here commanding the troops. Well, no, it's more like commanding the civilians. But thanks to Diana's work out there, we've managed to make a lot of headway. We've actually brought Chenille here to assist us. Uh, or is it Yegdetha? Chenille, Ditha, Yegil? I don't know. They're here, though. They're here to help us out. They're gonna hop in that portal right away. Thanks, Wingover. Yeah, we're going in there, picking up the creatures. Diana's managed to pick off a few and learned what their weaknesses are. Some sort of strange goblin-like creature that can expand its size. But we're gonna go in there, take them out, and uh, try to get things ready for everybody coming through the portal. Hopefully it's not too bad. Alright, Chenille. Thank you uh, for your work, your, your hard work out there. I'm glad that the, the battle is mostly done outside the ivory tower. If you could just read this pamphlet here. Of course. Head on over to BattleBards.com for amazing sound effects and music, such as angelic singing of the owls. Or maybe you need some sounds like forests or raining in the mountain pass. Head on over to BattleBards.com for all of your needs. Perfect. All right, through the portal you go. Let us know when it's all good. All right, travelers. Whew, things are going nuts. Death Shift is ready. They defeated Father Matthews, a.k.a. the ghoulish one. They're getting ready to go deal with Dorum. What could happen to our dear Death Shift? I do not know. Dear Travelers, the walls of white are closing in. The battle is nearing an end. Join me as we enter into... The Battle of the Chosen Few, Part 1. Hey, I'm Bright, and I'm playing Kalsar, the Tiefling Paladin and Chosen of Yetifa. Hi, uh, I'm Humberto, and I'm playing Bordon, Dwarven Cleric and Chosen of Time. I'm Evan, and I'm playing Ronnie, the Half-Elf Bard and Chosen of Chaos. Hey, I'm Robert, and I'm playing MZ, the Gith Yankee Ranger and Chosen Blood. Hey, I'm Jason, and I'll be playing Draxir, the Dragonborn Artificer and Chosen of Machines.
Previously on Battle of the Seven Dice, our healers had finally made it to the Ivory Tower after going through a brutal battle with many people dying. They had entered into the Ivory Tower and were monologued by Matthews, who was explaining how they gathered each of them to fight against Dorum Highfire and her armies. While Deathshift was not really interested in what Matthews had to say, they at last made it to the top of the tower and engaged in a deadly battle after Dumathoin was slain by Matthew's hand. After destroying the first form of Father Matthews, the ghoulish one emerged in its true parasitic nature and the heroes had to battle for their very lives. After such a harrowing battle, the healers now finally stood over Matthew's corpse at the very top of this ivory tower. You all are standing, standing there. there. You had heard Matthew's plan, plan about orchestrating, basically getting all of you to be the ones that they, they brought into this world, to have the ones to challenge Dorum. He wanted you to challenge Dorum. And uh, now you're all standing around. Ordon, you can feel that this area, the... The, the area's shifting a lot. Like, the, the grass keeps changing hues. Sometimes, like, the creek will be running clear water, and then it'll, like, change into, like, a weird, like, bloodish water, and then it'll go back to water. The celestial that you summon to help with the battle is looking, like, ill. Very, like, sickened being here in the Far Realms. Uh, and they're, they're still summoned. They're here, I think, for, like, an hour or something. But they look rough. I think it's 24 hours, actually. Well, 24 hours, then, yeah. You all are here. You can hear the trickling of water. And I need everyone to give me a perception check. Oh, 14. 19. 25. This would be a 12 for me. Got a 9. Everyone is looking around. Naturally, Ronnie, you are just too distracted. You know, you, you end up like the tail of Narcissus. You're looking at the reflection of yourself. But Bordon, your eyes catch this. And first it's your ears, you hear the trickling and the sound where water is pooling. And then your eyes catch it. Something comes back to you. Something from a while ago when you had talked with the King in Yellow. You remember them saying, when you see a pool, enter it. When you had asked, is there anything you can give us? Any kind of boon or way to help us? And you see where this water is going, this stream, it's all going into this this swirling pool. Hey guys, do you remember what the king in yellow told us about like the pool and making wishes and uh, all those complex things of receiving bones and all of that? So I think he was mentioning about that and then I can, I can see it, right? Yeah. It looks deep, like very, very deep, but it's like a small pool. Like you could wade into it. Mm, like being baptized. Kind of. You know what's very ironic? I got like a boot for me to use like in water or whatever, like for swimming, and I never actually got to use it. <laughs> um, so maybe I can use on this thing. Maybe if I get like to the bottom, I can overflow the water. And everybody would have plenty of boons. Yeah. <laughs> Bardon's like a priest with the holy water right now. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> so I go to the pool. So you go up to the pool, and you're looking in here. You can see your reflection. You see your eyes now have, like, this, this golden ring around your irises. 
you're looking down, your your beard is kind of like hanging down towards the pool, your hair is going a little bit over your face, as you're, you can see this water is just swirling, and it's almost a weird feeling of, like, it's inviting, like you, like it's almost calling to you. So I just jump into the water? <laughs> I mean, no, no, wait. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm like in full armor. Mm. Right, so maybe that's not the greatest idea. And cast water walk on you. You got that ring of swimming, isn't it? I, I think it's a boot, right? Is it a ring? I think it was a ring. Oh, it's a swimming ring. Yeah, 45. But I mean, it doesn't mean that I can swim with, you know, like tied to a huge rock. Well, it, basically what it means is, like, you can swim as easily as you could walk, is uh, basically what that ring does. And so, like, just how it slows you down walking when you're wearing all this armor, it's like mm-hmm. the equivalent of, like, you'd be slowed down swimming, but you could still swim no problem. Because that, that ring is pretty much, it gives you, like, a supernatural ability of swimming, as if you're an aquatic creature. I was about to, to advertise my OnlyFans. You know, like Borodon's OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, but if you guys don't want me to strip, then that's fine. Okay, so I jump into the water. Then I start speeding. <laughs> so you leap into the water, and as you begin to die... No. <laughs> so you, you jump into this water. And you just feel yourself, like, fall right into it. And you're you're looking around. You're kind of like in that that moment of weightlessness as you're just like looking through this clear, clear, deep water, and your beard is like lifting up, your hair is lifting up, and you feel the symbol on your left hand. It's twitching and moving, and you see it's normally like this this three pronged, and you watch as uh, like it grows a little bit more on your hand. It's not growing up your arm per se. It's just like growing over your hand and over your fingers. As the like tendrils like coil around, and Bordon, what you gain is when you die, if it happens. I'm saying not necessarily uh, that it will, but if you do die in combat, normally that egg sac would form around you, and it would take one minute for it to be out. You could still be killed while you're in it. Now it only takes one round, and that you'll be reborn into your next uh, next iteration. And also, if you were to become a Corrupted, if you were to hit your final death, you would still have 10 minutes of complete control. So you you wouldn't immediately become a Berserk monster that would try to kill your friends. You would have 10 minutes of still being able to control yourself. If I die my final death, Mm -hmm. so instead of becoming a Berserker, I would still have control over that Berserker? Yeah. Yeah, you'd have all those super crazy powers of the corrupted, and you'd have control for ten minutes. So in D and D terms, that's like a hundred rounds, I think. <laughs> so it's, you, it's enough. Yeah, you you should be able to last through the battle. I'm I want to give you like I don't want it to be like a, a take away your character during the final battle kind of thing. I want you to still have a chance, but also um, it kind of like gives you a bit of control for your own ending. You know what I mean? Can I? Uh... Enter the pool? Yeah, so Kelsar, when you enter the pool, it's a similar thing as Bordon. You come up to the surface, you see Kelsar like sinking down into the pool, and the same thing happens. Though, Kelsar, your symbol is already all the way up to your neck, and you just feel it like it, 
where it's covering everywhere, like it was a little more like general broad strokes of these tendrils on you, it's become just so much more complex of all these different like smaller tendrils all over you're forming on your body, these tattoos. And as you're, you come up and breathe air once more in this pool, you just, you feel that, that rush of knowledge. Like, you know now, like, if death claims you, you'll still have a short amount of time to try to do whatever you can. I guess this is it. Uh, getting really hard to hold on to, uh, to, to whatever strands of sanity I have left. I imagine the rest of you are going to be hopping in this pool, or is there anyone who doesn't? I should say. I'm not hopping in the pool. I'm staying dry. <laughs> okay. I was kind of thinking of not going in because I'm very against aberrations and everything like that, and I feel like this is very unnatural. I, I get it. So, MZ and Ronnie, you're staying out of the pool. Are you Draxir? I, I think Draxir would want to find out, even though it's like... I, I, don't, I, don't, know, I don't know how apt Kalsor's reaction was. When you saw Bordon and Kalsor break the water like uh, and start breathing, they looked fine. Like the you could see the tattoos were a bit more complex on Kalsar. They appeared okay. Okay. I turned into like a mechanical abomination anyway, so I'm just gonna jump into what more can I lose? So you enter this water and it's it's the same thing that happened to Kalsar. You just feel all over your body the the tendrils are just like increasing in complexity on you and you gain that same knowledge that uh, you'll have control if you are to meet your end and you you exit the water with the two of them so I'll try to convince uh, MZ and Roni to enter the water since it's like our last battle it would be horrible for I'm going to put my hand on Bordon's shoulder, and I'm going to say to him that he's that you're not going to fall in this final battle. And I'm going to cast on him Death Ward, which is a duration of eight hours. You touch a creature and grant it a measure of protection from death. The first time the target would drop the zero hit points as a result of taking damage, the target instead drops the one hit point, and the spell ends. Oh, that's nice. So it's like a, a last minute, like when you would have just went unconscious, you barely hold on with a thread kind of thing. Yeah. I like that. You're not falling today, Bordon. Thank you, Kelsar. Bordon, Drax here, and Kelsar, when you entered this pool, all your wounds healed, and you also got any spells or abilities you used up there all back in full. Can we fight in the pool? <laughs> just bring the pool with you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, but that's that's. Get these travel mugs filled up, and it's your it's your Space Jam Go Juice, right? We have a bag of holding. We just get as and much water. Hold on, bag can't of you ma- manipulate water? Oh, it seems like I can. Ah. Uh-huh. So, so welcome to Ballad of the Seven Dice, aka Avatar: <laughs> Last Airbender. We are bringing in Waterbender board on. <laughs> Where the D and D's made up and the rules don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Drew Carey is hosting it now. <laughs> or uh, Ali- Aisha Tyre- Tyler. D&D is just a framework. Mm-hmm. But really, can can we carry the water? The bag of holding is full right now. It's full of trash. Those are just gems. 
There's nothing saying you can't put liquids in bag of holding, so, I mean, theoretically, yeah, you could fill it up with this water if you wanted. It would just be, like, very disgusting. Like... <laughs> As he's saying that, I'm, like, patting myself down, like, I can't even remember what I did with the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't find it. <laughs> yeah, one bag fell into the other one, and then they just... <laughs> This is how you know this is a Canadian po podcast because we put milk in bags around here and we also put pools in bags. Yeah. Yeah, we're about to put magic <laughs> yeah, water in bags. Get, you just go to Canadian Tire, get a swimming pool in a bag. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so do, do we have like any available bottles? Yeah, you have your water skins for sure. Yeah, that's true. I think we used okay. some potions last fight too. Might still have the bottles from those. Definitely. I have two flasks of oil, two flasks of acid. You could always dump those out. But what if Doran is weak to acid? <laughs> it just leave a little bit of acid there, and then you drink it. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, I just get the feeling like the blessing is just the blessing, and this isn't going to help us whatsoever. It but, probably you know. <laughs> will not. <laughs> I mean, the water skin... If, if it's just water in the end of the day, then we can fill in, like, our water skin, then it's going to be, you know, it's just exchanging water, you know, with water. Sure, let's, let's treat it like it's, like, Gatorade or something. Was that the, that Mama's Boy thing? Was that some high-quality H2O? Water <laughs> <Yeah>. Boy, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Adam Sandler just goes, Hey, me too! <laughs> it's, it's going to be, like, like dwarf-dipped. Um, water. Mm. Going it's to the be good water. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or not, it's game of bath water. <laughs> you guys dump out your water skins and recover the high quality H2O. So you have this stuff filled. So MZ and Ronnie do not want to go into this pool. I did expect Ronnie. I'm actually a little surprised at MZ, but after what Robert said, it makes mm -hmm. sense. You did say, like, this is... I've been using these swords of blood and stuff like that but i also never asked for that and i never did that to my own self on purpose that was that's true that was inflicted upon you you are all standing here the body of matthews this massive corpse is almost finished decomposing and mz because you have the highest passive perception you notice that inside this massive rotting corpse there is this black rock that uh, you see it just, it stands out. It's almost like an obsidian shard. And it stands out to you. I'll point it out to everyone. Do we have the white stone? I forgot there was a white stone. I should still have mine. Do you have it? What are we talking about here? I thought we had it wrapped up in something. I don't have it written down. One of you had it. Uh, I believe MZ was the last one with it on their person. Yeah, I thought I had it, too. So you you pat yourself down looking for the white stone, and it's not there. Oh, shit. Uh, is it inside, like, the bag of holding that he also lost? No. No, because in the bag of holding, you can kind of, like, if you think about it, you can, like, find it out of the bag. Uh, um, but when he goes to look, it's it's not in there. I don't know where that stone is, you guys. And there's also another one right there. This one's black, though. Hmm. Oh, boy. 
Oridon, make me a knowledge arcana because you currently are holding on to the god of knowledge and secrets uh, inside your head. Can I use... You can ask about stone cunning? <laughs> can I use stone cunning? No, it's I mean, arcana. This isn't about rocks, it's about magic. Oh, it's, it's similar. Magic rocks? Okay, do I get like a bonus or anything like that? Because, like, why? I will let you roll with advantage. Yay. So now you have two chances with zero. Mm. I got 19. You're thinking on this, and it takes you a second. And you're like, because these aren't your memories. You're kind, it's like you're sifting through someone else's memories. It's a very weird feeling. But you're looking at that, and that is that's a keystone to a portal. And you do recall, because it's been two months, <laughs> you do recall <laughs> that there is that portal that's in the basement. Oh. Oh. So we just used, the, like, the white stone to get here, and now we're going to use the... Okay, no, of course not. Um, so I just get, like, the obsidian stone, and I say, okay, so I don't know what this stone is, but Dumathoin knew, and that's a key for a portal. And it's probably the portal in the basement. I I'm just going to take take it... Yeah, you pick it up. It, I mean, it's kind of gross, like a little slimy, because it was inside Matthews, but I mean... There's a pool of water. Just wash it. Yeah, just wash it off. Yeah. It, you can feel, like, a little bit of a pulse through it, like an arcane pulse. So, like, you know it's magic, but it... I mean, other than that, it just seems like it's not super remarkable. It's just kind of like a... Basically, you're holding a key, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, let's go. Yeah, I think we should leave this place, then. We're running out of time. We have to finish this. All right. So you all march down the stairs. You enter back into the ivory tower. You march past this one floor that was completely encased in ice when you had seen that Chosen, who was basically holding off a number of corrupted with their ice abilities, and you had helped slay them as they were turning into a corrupted, and you killed the frozen uh, corrupted. And you keep going further on. You go down further and further past the first few floors, and you make it back once more into the basement. This strange basement that's unfinished, it's, it's made like a really just rough hewn walls uh, compared to the rest of the building, which almost appears to be one solid piece of stone. And as you come down here, you feel this keystone vibrating more, and this hole forms in the floor, the very center of the floor, and it looks like a perfect shape for that keystone. Well, Bordon, you ready to end this? I sure am. But before we do anything, before we fight Dorum, I just wanted to say that I, I, I've acquired a new spell called Anti-Magic, and as you guys can recall, Dorum is basically, basically like a spellcaster, so, and it's going to form a field around me, which will cause, like, any magic that is cast, um, you know, it will just dissipate. It can't be destroyed, it can't be countered, but, like, all, all the weapons, all like armor and all that, anything that's magical will become, like, regular. I, I just wanted you guys to know that I'm thinking of using this spell to neutralize dorm spells just like that crazy ass meteor that we had to 
like to fight against last time like like not the meteor itself but we have to deal with so i wanted your input in this regard do you guys think that i'm i'll be doing the right thing would you be able to cast spells still no no one would be able to cast spells i mean you can leave like the field and you can cast spells you can drink potions i think i'm, I'm just looking over here a creature object summoned by magic winks out of existence within the sphere but reappears once the space is no longer within the sphere spell magic has no effect on the sphere it doesn't say anything about potions it doesn't say anything about potions so i think you're you're good because uh, like in my mind potions are more of an alchemy kind of thing not so much as like magic i mean there's a bit of magic to do with it but I, I'd say, personally, I'm the DM, so I can rule this. Uh, potions are still okay to be used within the sphere. Mm -hmm. Okay. It stays for, like, one hour, which is a lot. So I was just thinking. Yeah. So, like, if, if the meteor swarm came down and Bordon had this 10-foot sphere on him, basically within that 10-foot sphere, radius. he wouldn't be affected. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, 10-foot radius, so it's, like, 20-foot in total. Within that, if the meteor swarm like hits that, everything inside would be fine. The meteor swarm would still destroy everything else around it, but inside that, it would be okay. So are you guys okay with me casting that? Yeah, it doesn't really affect me that much, I don't think. I don't know how much of my bonus action stuff is considered magic. I mean, a bard is considered a casting class. What kind of thing are you asking about in particular? Like, I think inspiration isn't magic. Right, Mantle of Majesty, I assume, isn't magic. Unbreakable Majesty, all these, like... I don't think these are magic. Mantle of Inspiration. You gain the ability to weave a song of fey magic. So that, the Mantle of Inspiration wouldn't work. Okay. Starting at third level, you can charge your performance with seductive fey magic. You gain the ability to cloak yourself in a fey magic. So they are all magic, it looks like. Except for, wait, Unbreakable Majesty. Oh, okay. Unbreakable Majesty is not magic, so that one still still works. It's a really powerful thing. Yeah, basically, Ronnie is so beautiful <laughs> that <laughs> nobody wants to hurt him because they're like, I'm wrecking something that's too beautiful for this world. Because let's all remember, for some reason, Ronnie has a 20 charisma. <laughs> Outside of my charisma, it just takes a DC 19 to beat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they get a disadvantage even if they get through that. Yeah. Ryan's just a beautiful person. That's fine. Cast counter magic. So do you want me to cast it right now? Because it will stay for like one hour. It'll be real hard to use the portal. Uh, can I just <laughs> disintegrate the portal? Hey, yeah. Yeah, you totally you totally could. You could all sit in, in the basement. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, for an hour, and then it's back, right? <laughs> then you can use the portal again. So we disintegrate the portal. While it's gone, we put the bag of holding where the portal appeared. And then when it comes back, the portal's inside the bag of holding. And then we throw that bag of holding in the river. <laughs> Problem I really solved. very much like this idea. <laughs> you don't have to go through the portal if the portal's in the river. <laughs> no, I think we should throw it into, like, lava. You know, into a volcano. Gotta go find one real quick. So Borodon kind of has to grapple for this to be, like, a foolproof sort of thing, right? Because it's only a 10-foot radius. 
what it basically does is make more of a shield rather it's more of a defensive move rather than an offensive move how I see it like Doran will be forced to come close unless she wants to do more like physical attacks somehow oh I thought the idea was for this to be on Doran so Doran can't do anything but run away you could do that that is possible I think I think it can only cast it on me right yeah it's on yourself yeah, but I was just thinking, like, you could just, like, run up and grapple Dorm with the spell, right? I think so. Would it dispel, like, the blasting that Kelsa just gave me? Yes. Because that's a spell. Alright. Uh, don't be a dick. <laughs> fucking thing is so complicated. Well, it, it's really complex because of how much of D&D relies on magic. So then when you have something like, well, I have something that just takes all the magic out of the game. You're like, okay, well, how does this work? Because you just broke everything. So here's my like eight paragraph description of this spell. It becomes like just a brawl. Yeah, pretty know? much. Just fisticuffs. I guess I guess it's kind of debatable, Lucas, if Uhtred would still work in this zone or not. If I'm making potions work, I'd say Uhtred would work. Okay. I, I would say just grab a chair, you know... Or, or anything that can do a lot of damage when you're smashing on other people's faces. Because this is going to be raw. We're just going to punch Dorm right in her face. Uh, tell me exactly what... So would you like to enter the portal first, then cast the spell? Or do I think we should cast the spell once we're actually in there? I, I think so, too. Like, if, if, if I, we wouldn't be able to cross the portal, then it would be pointless, I think. Yeah, because then you just have to wait for the spell to end. Then you'd go through the portal and you'd just lose the spell. So, do you put the stone in the center, Borodon, since you're the one holding it? I throw the stone into the portal. Sure. I don't know, maybe it's going to explode. So you take the stone and you kind of just like do like that underhand toss, because it's not very far. And you watch the stone go, and almost like magnetically, it just sucks right into that hole. And then it hits there, and then suddenly you hear this gushing. And you look, the walls, the floor, the the spot where this came out of the ceiling, this purplish goo is coming out, and it it looks organic. If any of you have played StarCraft, which I'm sure almost everyone here has, it's like creep, uh, like what the Zerg have. So like you see like this, this like fleshy substance is like, it starts covering the walls, the floor, it goes under your feet and you kind of feel yourself lifted up and then the ground is really spongy and soft. And it, it's weird, it's, it's not harming you at all. It just seems to be this stuff that's, that's coating everything. You watch as then this obsidian shard starts like floating up into the air, spinning faster and faster and faster and this black light starts emanating from it and it's blinding. And as all of you cover your eyes, you suddenly feel this really buffeting, strong, cold wind as you feel snow hit your face. You blink and look around and you realize you're on the side of a mountain. You are very, very high up. The air is thinner here as it like catches you off guard. You know how the cold wind steals your breath. <coughs> as you're, you're looking around, your eyes are trying to focus because the light's reflecting off all of the snow. And you look up and see this castle is like crashed into the side of this mountain. This ancient castle. You can see it looks like that Dracolich that you fought before in that war 
It looks like it came back here and had crashed. Its bones and everything are scattered everywhere. And magic holding it together no more. Just the remains of this dragon are strewn about this mountainside. And you see there is this worn-down path from where you're standing. There's this uh, almost like circle of stone with runes all carved in it. And you see this path leading up to this old, decrepit, broken castle. Let's go. It's time to end this. There's no time like the present. How long would it take for us to get there? It's like a five-minute walk. It's super close. Okay. Do you guys want me to cast the anti-magic build now, or...? I feel like we should surprise Dorum with it. If it doesn't take, like, five minutes to cast... It's just one action. Yeah. Because I feel like that way, like, we can even, like, throw some spells off. Like, they're not going to cast, like, some giant meteor thing the first turn in. I wouldn't think. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not the DM. <laughs> we could at least even just see the turn order. And then, like, because if you end up going last in turn order, you might as well, like, throw big spells and then you cast it or something. Mm-hmm. Fire all the glass cannons and then put it at the wall. Yeah, exactly. So all of you march up to this castle. I'm just walking through this snow. The doors open quite easily. Even though the castle looks decrepit, the doors themselves look quite new. Opening up into this room, you see just mounds upon mounds of bodies oh. are all over the floor. You see there are corpses everywhere. You can see that like these creatures must have all recently died. Their mouths are open in screams. You see hobgoblins, humans, elves, all sorts of people, all wearing the robes of the Church of the Shining God. Amulets around their neck, sunburst with sets of smiling teeth. And just everywhere you're looking, there are dead. There are dead monsters. There are dead lieutenants, like all sorts of people throughout this castle. And you can see further down, there is a, a closed door off to your right with some more bodies in front of it. And there's a hallway stretching forward and it's just filled with more bodies. They drank the Kool-Aid. You think Doran sacrificed them to, to increase her power? I don't know. I mean, wasn't Matthews the necromancer? It's possible that they could have perished after when Matthews perished. Could be. Let's keep going. We shouldn't keep Dorum waiting. Yeah, let's end this. So you start marching down these hallways, and you're just seeing more and more bodies as you're going along. They look like they're caught in moments of terror and pain. None of them look like they're happily giving their life for something that they devoutly believe in. You're passing closed doors and you keep seeing more and more just there's death all around. You can hear the sounds of the wind buffeting from outside. This is horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. And we're about to end this madness. You walk through so many rooms, dining rooms, grand rooms of trophies, libraries, as you're walking along through this castle, this ancient a beautiful castle. Looks like it uh, It was put back into its glory on the inside. It really went to town just making everything look new and, and wonderful, but just all the bodies and the smell of death really take away from the whole thing. 
And as you finally enter into this last room, these winding hallways are taking you through, you see there is this massive portal. It's glowing on the ground. And there's just more bodies all around. You actually see a number of broken utilities, like uh, broken swords. There's there's broken like uh, pieces of armor. It looks like the, a lot of magic items were collected here and just drained and shattered. But the one thing that stands out here, as you're looking in this room with this portal in the ground, this deep red portal, is you see that there are four pods pods that have people inside them. The technology looks far too advanced for this world. You can see on these pods, there is this old lettering that spells out the Nostradamus Corporation. In these pods, you see Amelia, Ronnie's daughter, Yolanda, Bordon's sister, you see Spellsinger from Arkham, and the one that throws you off the most is in one of these pods, in this deep, deep sleep, you see the Beast, one of Dorum's lieutenants, the massive creature who destroyed Geldspar. No skin, gigantic tree trunk arms, hands ending in these razor claws, this head that's been sunken down into the torso of this creature. Its tongue is just hanging off to the side. This giant, twisted creature is sleeping, just like curled up inside this pod where it looks like it shouldn't quite fit. And you see there are wires that are all leading to a terminal that's right near this massive portal. You can see rune work carved in crudely with uh, must have been some arcane tools all over these pods. I'm going to go to the pod that has the beast in it and see if I can sort of examine and understand how these work. Draxir, roll me an intelligence check with your proficiency. Do you want to know what the modifier is for this roll? <laughs> Plus 16. Oof, oh my god. What? <laughs> so, that's a 23. So you are taking a look at this. You find, like, vital signs. The beast is in clearly in a deep sleep. As you're looking at the rest of them, it looks like they're all in the same state. This machine is putting them all into a comatose state, but it looks like they're all hardwired to when you open up one or disable the lock on one, all of them are going to turn off. Looking at the arcane runes carved in, it looks like there's some sort of, there's obviously a connection between this portal on the ground and these pods that are there. And as you're, you're looking over them, you take a glance up because uh, you can see there, there's large windows in the ceiling. And you can see there's cracks starting to form in the sky. This beautiful, uh, radiant coloring is like breaking through. You're watching as these massive tentacles, much like the ones that smashed into the ground the far distance earlier, you see that they're like starting to break through the sky. And this large portal is like opening up in the sky as you're watching thousands upon thousands of these creatures, Night Gaunt, Shoggoth, everything just pouring out into this world. Guys, we're out of time. We have to hurry up. It seems we're supposed to take these pods and they're all kind of connected. If we open one, they should all open. We're out of time. Yeah, I guess we better hurry. So we're not worried about the monster attacking us? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was worried. Can we kill it before? Can we destroy its, like, his pod? Or can we... 
I don't know. Oh, Roni. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Could it, you charm teleport? person? Oh. Uh, no, charm person. I don't want to. I don't want to waste my teleport. <laughs> waste my teleport. You said there were only four pods, though, right? Just four pods. There's one with Amelia, one with Yolanda, one with Spellsinger, and one with the Beast. Okay. Someone's just gonna have to jump in. Uh, you do see the portal, though. It's it's on the ground. This deep red portal is swirling. Some of us are not going to come back no matter what. Because we would have to be playing these instruments internally. Forever? Well, shit. So we have to leave Roni behind? Oh, wait. Can't we just take Cloney? Cloney's back on the ship. Evan forgot him. So, like, maybe if we throw some of these bodies through, they'll be alive on the other side. And we can just say, hey, play these instruments until the end of time. I don't know. And they're like, why? <laughs> and then we have to fight them. Because I've been doing, doing a lot of thinking. Soul journey, and honestly, I didn't. I never planned on coming back from this alive. So, don't say that, Kelser. If it means me having to sacrifice myself for everyone, having to play one of the instruments for all eternity, I'll do it. Do you even know how to play them? No, but I'm pretty sure I can figure out drums. <laughs> <laughs> you will have all eternity yep. to learn. I don't know. I mean, I was I was thinking, I was expecting everybody to, to return. Not just a chosen few. It's do or die now. We have to decide now. As the thought is coming through right now with his entire army, and they're going to decimate everything. We can't. We have to make a decision now. I can stay behind. I mean, as special like time doesn't mean a lot to me anymore. And um, with godly powers, I don't know, like, maybe I can start, like, reaching out to people, you know, with my godly powers. And, you know, maybe I can just stay here, even though, like, I have, like, a, like a place to get back to, like, my family. If it is to protect them, I can, I can stay. And I can start learning how to be a god as well in the meantime we can leave Uhtred there Uhtred could play an instrument right there's a robot yeah that's true I I was actually thinking I might be able to disassemble Uhtred and make some automata that play the instruments for us that's even better you 100% can do that you just need the instruments being played constantly can't we just play it yeah play it, play it and record it yeah, and record it, exactly. And then we put, you know, like a headphone <laughs> on Azatoth. I wouldn't say it's necessarily the sound. It's it's more of the device, the magic of the device. So which were the three instruments? Again, a drum? The Horn of Hell, the Harp of Celestia, Drum of Humanity. I think the, like the horn would be a little bit harder because you need air to play, right? And Because um, you don't have to play these instruments well. As long as the instruments are being played, they can technically it's being used. Or if we just had like a like a rotating thing rotating really quickly, and you put the horn on the end of it, enough air would huh. pass through it to to make a noise. I could just build a fan. Okay, so <laughs> Drexir, the fate of the entire world is in your hands now. Uh, start building your fancy thing. 
So I will say, if you want to make this happen, you will have to disassemble Uhtred, and you can make three small automata to play these instruments for you. All right. Well, just from like a practicality standpoint, I think we kind of have to like jump through the portal soon and probably neutralize whatever's on the other side so I can actually do this. I don't really think there's time like at the moment. So what about the pods? Like my sister is still there. The pods are on right now and it's just keeping them in sleep at the moment. It's keeping them basically just in like a, a sustained slumber. Mm. I mean, we can take care of whatever after we leave the portal, right? Well, or we wake them up so that we have three more people to attack with. Do we really? I mean, are they strong enough? I mean, Yolanda was very good at running away, right? I don't know if, like, battling was her thing. She's quite old as well at this point. Yeah. She's probably, like, the equivalent of, like, a person being in their late 60s. Okay, we'll just leave them then. Come back and deal with them later. I think we just gotta jump in the portal. Send us. You really want to finish this? Okay, let's do it. Well, there's also, like, thousands of things flying down from the sky to get us. The world is filling up fast with monsters. That's kind of my major concern right now. So, who's jumping in that portal? I'm going. I am... Zoram! I'm jumping in with Uhtred. You all leap through this portal. It's a weird feeling. Like, you were falling, and then it, like, you flipped upside down, then we're falling the other way. And you twist and turn and falling and every sort of strange, weird color, shape, everything imaginable. You're going through the weirdest tunnel in the world as like every shape is going past you and color. You land on this, this translucent disc. It's massive. It's probably 150 feet in diameter. You are looking around. You are in the middle of the stars. You see like nebula, stars, and everything all around you. Glorious, beautiful lights. Just everything that you could picture, the majesty and beauty and power of space surrounds you. You see Dorum is floating up there in the air. You see energy is crackling around her. She's shining this bright, radiant light her eyes are erupting this light as she looks down. Her voice just reverberates through this space. You've arrived again. You've shown up time and again and again, and each time I've killed you. Why won't you let me save these people? Why won't you let me save these worlds? Because you're not the one to save them. You want them just to suffer? just to die? And the gods keep making new iterations of you and sending you here? How many times have I ripped Borodon in half? How many times have I slayed Kelsar as he screams, wanting to save his world? Because death is a part of life. And without death, life becomes meaningless. You are playing into the gods' hands. I am a god. Then you will need to die as well. 
Yes, death is horrible and painful and terrifying. But also with death comes life. And it's beautiful. I'm not opposed to death, Kalsar. I'm opposed to the tyrants that are the gods. I'm opposed to the fact every fabric of our fate is predetermined. Everything is controlled. How many worlds have they destroyed as they got into a bickering? Gods have destroyed continents, committed genocide, just because they felt it aligned with their best interests. To the gods, mortals are just disposable chess pieces. It is time we took back the strings of fate and had the mortals take over. So your intent is to release a god and kill everyone and everything? To decimate everything that has been created? It won't kill everything and everyone. It will just slay the gods. Only the people who keep running up and attacking the Shining God and stand in its way, those are the ones who would die. The Chosen have been agitating it and causing this endless war. Your group is the reason that all these fights continue to happen. I'm just here trying to save everyone. You've killed my friends, my family, and now I will kill you again. Not this time. While all this is going on, while that minute or so of talking was going on, yep. Can I just say I was playing a playing a little guitar there? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you're starting to strum. You're you're playing this guitar for about a minute. This sweet celestial guitar, and I want everyone to roll me initiative. Seventeen. Six. I got eighteen. Sixteen. How? How can I be, you know, like, <laughs> the, the first one with my stubby legs? MZ, what did you get? Twenty-two. Uh, oh, Oh, you're not first. Even at the very end, Bordon didn't get first. <laughs> <laughs> we start off with Evan. Uh, have Dora make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. What's the DC? 19. I got 25. Ah, fuck. Okay, we're so close. <laughs> what is the the spell you're trying to do? Enthralling performance. So you just start playing, and it's good, it's because you're a very talented musician. It starts really picking up, and uh, like you're, you're just strumming away, and you see Dorham looks down at you. Ronnie... I've heard this same old song time and again. I need everyone to make me dexterity saving throws. I'm going to cast Counterspell, because I think I can do that as, since it's a negation, right? A reaction? Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's a spell, but it should be, can't imagine yeah. it would be a, uh, during a turn. Uh, counterspell, instantaneous. It can be one reaction you take when you see a creature within 60 feet of you casting a spell, so that's true. You attempt to interrupt a creature in the process of casting a spell. The creature is casting a third level or lower, fails instantly. Mm -hmm. If it's casting a fourth level or higher, make an ability check using your spell casting ability modifier. The DC equals 10 plus the spell level. So the DC is 19. Oh, so I'm rolling for charisma then? Yeah. Yeah, you're rolling a charisma check. Just your charisma. And then the DC is 19. 23. She goes to cast this spell, 
and it just fizzles in the air. She looks confused. That's new. And we go from Dorum. We'll say Dorum's about like 10 feet or so in the air at the moment. It goes to MZ. I just kind of say out loud, if that's new, then you haven't fought us before. And then I'll use Zephyr Strike. I charge right up there. So you're going to do like a, a giant like leap and like bring your swords because she's currently in the air. So you're going to like leap up and like attack with your blades. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give that a go. Make me an athletics or acrobatics and I'll say DC you're running. So I'll make it DC 15. <clears throat> no. So you jump and you're close. Your swords like you swing. You almost hit these ropes billing around her. As you come and you do like a, a sweet roll and catch yourself and spin back around and now you're you're on the other side of Dorm. From MZ to Borodon. Okay, so what I do, Lucas, I cast anti-magic and then I put my sword right underneath her because I'm quite sure she's, <laughs> she's like, incapable of flying. Oh so God. it's going to be some like impalement uh, action. Uh, what's your sword? I don't have a sword. It's a oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you did. Maybe you stick your hammer out or something. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys, unfortunately, you guys don't know that, but Bordon <laughs> was very good at baseball, and he does have a hammer. <laughs> so, figuratively, he's falling down. Get to work. <laughs> <laughs> so you cast this spell. And it's just like that you feel this wave, this shockwave go out. It feels horrible. You don't have access to your, your magic while you're holding this. And it's just like it's it's like you have to catch your breath really quick. MZ, it also feels weird because you have a connection. The arcane Dorum just takes this deep breath in as she falls down, catching herself. Well, actually, let's see. But yeah. attack of opportunity with my hammer in her face. She's entering your your threatened square. Uh, she's not leaving it. She falls down and she she catches herself with a superhero landing, you know, like that, you know, fist down on the knee, and then looks up at you with these yellow eyes and smiles. And as she smiles, her teeth go from like a a normal human's blunted teeth to late. You watch them slowly form into serrated teeth, and it goes from Bordon to Draxir. I'm going to use my bonus action to have Richard run up in there to that side of the room and attack with the bite. Roll it. 14 to hit. I mean, I sort of knew you would bullshit me. Yeah. But... What are you talking about? You got your magic canceling thing out. I did, yeah. You, you got exactly what you wanted. And Dorum is very happy now. You think I just hand you a wizard that they lost their spells and they're like, oh no... Yeah. Yes. I mean, that, that was the idea. <laughs> yeah, we did think that. Yeah, well... You really shouldn't have. I've thrown so many things at you that keep ripping out of skin suits. How have you not picked up on my theme? I saw it coming. I was just like, yeah, he's gonna have something for the anti-magic stuff. So. I mean, like, I, I knew that as well. 
Well, she's she's not as strong, obviously. Like without her spells, you did put a, a real big damper on her. Her spells are one of her her big things. But uh, so Drax here, what did you get to hit? It's a fourteen to hit from. So that is a miss. I need really quick everyone's AC and HP. My AC is uh, twenty three. My health is one sixty. Mine is eighteen. It's 134. A 23. A 143. 18. Uh, 123. 16. Uh, HP is 123. So Uhtred goes in for this bite and misses as Dorum just kind of like swats Uhtred away with her leg. And it is still your go as that was just your bonus action, I believe. So then I'm going to run up on Dorum. I did get the mega flank going. And try and take a couple jabs at her with my trident. So the first one's a crit. Is an 18 to hit. 18's also a hit. So with the crit, your first die is maxed out. 18 damage on the first. Nice. And six on the second. So you go in, you stab, and Dorm wasn't expecting it because she was expecting her bracers. It's what she's used to to help protect her, but her AC's been lowered. So you go in and jab with your trident. You stab one, stab again. As you just quickly backpedal a little bit, the blood, this yellowish blood dripping off your spear. And it goes from Drexir to Ronnie. So how big is, is the magic negation? It's a 10-foot radius from Ordon. Okay. But any spells like trying to get in there don't work. But I have a crossbow I think still so and the gun well my gun is magic though does it shoot bullets with magic or does it shoot magic bullets no I think it shoots magic just shoots magic okay yeah so but that's fine I'm gonna but I will uh, I will run up 10 feet outside of the circle and I'm gonna shoot with the crossbow fire away all right, all that, and I got a seven, so miss. <laughs> oh no! So you you fire, and she just catches the bolt without even looking, and snaps it and drops it to the ground. So we go from Ronnie to Dorum. Oh my God! What? Dorum's going again? Yeah, she is. Shit! All right, so the person who is annoying her the most is Draxir is Bordon. Let's just hit both. Okay, so it's a hit on Bordon. Draxir, AC 21. That's a natural 20. Holy fuck. Bordon, you take 20 points of damage as Dorum's hand, these jagged claws form. You watch her bones twist and pop as she swings and these claws just rake across your chest as you're, you're caught off guard. And you see she turns around and does this like backslash with her other hand. These claws form. Draxir, it also catches you off guard because she's moving incredibly quick. So Draxir, you take 30 points of damage as she goes. And like this backslash comes around, catches you right in the jaw as your blood just like specks down to the ground. And you watch as uh, she's smiling at all of you and her wounds start healing up from where Draxir had stabbed her. They're not completely healed up. You're just like seeing them heal. 
I can't believe the last boss has life steal. Life leech. And then it goes to Kelsar. I'm gonna use my powers and I'm gonna use it to summon energy swords through portals. And I'm gonna like just like just have them just launch them at uh, Dorm. Okay, so you're using your powers. So is this like a unique uh, thing that you're trying to do? Yeah. Okay, so roll with advantage. As you're currently in the far realms where your base of power is actually coming from. It's 21. Alright, that does it. You summon these swords. Like you're you're concentrating, and it's it's so much easier here. Uh well, like you before you always had to like really concentrate and pull it out, but here it's just like the energy is all around you. And you just pull forward and you watch as these two blades of light just come sailing out of these pockets. And you watch as they go to pierce Dornum and roll me 2d10 and add your charisma onto it. 16. So you see this these swords, they go and they stab right into Dorum. She shrieks out. And then this like uh, the energy fades and there's these two wounds now on her. All right. And we go from Kels R to Dorum. Dorum is going to... She can't use 80% of her moves. I think she's going to attack Uhtred. And then if she destroys Uhtred, she's going to try to move through that square. Good luck. All right, what's Uhtred's AC? 15. That's a hit. That's a hit. She does 31 points of damage. attacking onto Uhtred, just ripping pieces of metal off him and just ripping into him. All right, it hurts Uhtred a little bit, but he's, he's still all right. She looks down, she's like, This thing is stronger than before. And she looks, I wouldn't say worried, but more curious than anything. And it goes to Emsi. I just want to add that Uhtred wags its tail in response to hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, I take something out of my pocket and I kind of throw it at her, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's one of those uh, iron spheres of binding. Ooh, she's got to make a strength check. Yeah. What's the DC? 20. All right. So you toss this, and it suddenly binds around her. Her eyes go wide. As these bands of iron expand and contract, holding Dorum's arms to the side as she's furious and shrieks out. I imagine you want to stay in the same place. Yeah, I'm just going to stay right. Okay. From MZ, it goes to Bordon. So Bordon, she's tied up. Okay, so I would like to know if Age Object would work. I could say you can try it. I don't know if it would have the effect that you want. So how tied is she? She, I mean, she has a band of iron that is keeping her arms uh, to her sides at the moment. So with my gloves... I put my hands gently on her face, and then I play Xbox, like with her eyes, and then I use Age Object. Uh, roll me a check with advantage. So I got 22. So you're holding on to her head, your your thumbs are over her eyes, you're concentrating, you're, you are like trying to age her forward, make her vulnerable, make this skull weak, and you start seeing Dorum age rapidly. 
and you're you're holding on to this like it's working and these cracks are forming in her face and this light this pure white light just like shining out of her eyes is starting to crack through and she she looks concerned so you you take your hands off of her head and it it looks like you've you've aged her forward a good 15 20 years but now these cracks have formed in her face and this white light is leaking out is that what you were looking for I mean, I really wanted to, you know, hold her until her head was just dust, <laughs> but that's good too. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be aiming at her head, you know, like all the blows. And from Bordon, it goes to Draxier. All right, this is going to be a bite from Uhtred and two stabby stabs from me. Uh, so Uhtred's bite is a twenty-six to hit. That's a hit. Fourteen points of piercing damage. That's going to be a, a twenty-four to hit. Yep. And uh, 17 to hit on the second. 17's a miss. 10 points of piercing. All right. Utre goes and bites into Dorum's thigh. <laughs> she shrieks and shakes Utre off as you stab once into her side and you go to stab again and she manages to bend out of the way. It goes from Draxir to Ronnie. I don't really have a ton of attacks I can do, so I'm going to try and kind of homebrewy type one. Tell me if this is going to not work. Are there, like, rocks or anything I can kind of pick up around here? Guess high or low, and I'll roll. Okay, high. So you're, you're looking around. It doesn't seem like there's there's any rocks around you. Hmm, okay. I'm going to take one of my daggers. You tell me if this is just not going to work. I'll do something else. But since it won't actually... Since Thunder Wave won't actually hit, mm-hmm. I want to try and launch a dagger, holding it in my hand and then casting Thunder Wave. Oh, I see. Like to amplify it and make it just like projectile fire. Just rock it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be a little tricky, so roll me a caster check. We'll say it's it's DC 15. Thunder Wave's a, a first level spell. 25. All right, so you do this clap and then throw this dagger. It rides the lightning. <laughs> As it, like, just uh, echoes out. I'd say roll the d4 for the dagger normally. Because you got a 25, so you did good. And just times it by three. Got a three times three. Oh, so nine. Nine plus your dexterity. 14. 14. You see Ronnie clap his hands and then like while he's like hurling this dagger, it's a weird motion that he's doing. And you watch as this dagger just like rockets right, right past Bordon. Like you feel the wind just like whoosh past you and your hair like flips up a bit. This dagger sinks right into Dorum's side and she shrieks out in pain as she's trying to get out of this iron binding. And it gets to her turn. So she has to make a DC 20 strength check. Oh, and uh, sorry, as just a bonus action, I'm going to use Unbreakable Majesty on myself since I am outside. Lucas, um, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing like a belt of Consti- Constitution plus two, so I ha- I'll have to remove 14 uh, HP. Okay. So you watch as Dorum flexes and this band keeps like stretching and she breaks it. And just these pieces of iron clatter to the ground. 
And I'm just now realizing that was a magic item and we let it be used in this thing, but that was my <laughs> mistake. I didn't catch it, so it's all good. So for anyone listening going, but wait a minute, didn't board on cast? And they push up their glasses. Yes, he did. We go from... Uh, I think that takes up her turn, right? When you allowed that, I was like, yeah, it's probably just mechanical and not magical. Oh, 100% is magic, and I, I goofed on that. Uh, so NZ did it, got the restrain. I guess it's surprising, because I never expect MZ to really have much in the way of magic going. He hoards them. He's got a little bag of goodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's a dragon. He's playing Doom, you know? He keeps the <laughs> he keeps that ammo to the very end and still doesn't use it. <laughs> Yeah, I got a gang of shit that I'm about to unload. <laughs> All right, so the item is destroyed and the restrained creature is freed, uh, but it has to use their action. Okay, so that was Dorm's action. So Dorum broke free of this binding. Uh, so it goes from Dorum to Kelsar. What I want to do is I want to take my wings out, fly over Dorum, and then plunge my sword down towards her. Okay. Your wings are not magical. They're just a part of your physiology, so you are good. You fly up no problem. You lift into the air, sailing above, and you have your sword at the ready. And roll me an attack roll. 19. 19. So you come down with this sword, and you slam it. And, like, you you stab, and, like, she managed to get mostly the way, but you still cut right down her side. Fight me, Jorah! with that pretty sweet attack. So the damage, I'd say I was pretty creative. Um, you can add an extra die to rolling, like extra die for the sword. My biggest question is where Kalsor is gonna end up being after this. Are they like occupying the same square? Yeah, it's gonna be like sharing a square with Dorum, so it, you'll have disadvantage when attacking Dorum because Kalsar's there. 18. 18 damage. Kelsar, you bring your sword down, slashing across Dorum. She shrieks out, and she backs up, like bumping into Uhtred and MZ. You bump into Draxir and Bordon. This bellow echoes out from above. You're all looking around, trying to figure out, like, what the hell's going on? You just see this massive blackened space above you. It's just space, just empty space. And then an eye forms the size of a mountain. And then another. And then another. You watch as these massive tendrils shift in space. You see that Azathoth, the idiot god, is floating not just above you. It just is the sky. It's so massive. And you watch as this mouth forms along the side, and once more, this bellowing roar echoes out. Shift has moved into the ivory tower. I repeat, 
Death Shift is in the Ivory Tower. We must now protect it at all costs. Their leaders are destroyed. Their creatures are slain. Now we just have to round up what's left of these ghouls. Commander. Commander, come in. Yes. There's something going on. Something else is rising up from the ground. Don't know what it is, though. Can you describe it? Yeah, it looks like some sort of... Some sort of bird. Six wings. A lot of eyes. Giant beak. This thing is huge, though. It's the size of three of our ships. What? That bird is supposed to be gone. There's no way that bird would be here. Commander, it's coming in. It's coming in hot. I just watched it rip the souls out of, like, 30 people. Commander, this is bad. Commander, it's coming right for your ship. <sighs> okay, everyone, evasive maneuvers. Bird's coming in. The shining bird is coming in. Everyone, we need to... Commander. Commander, come in. Commander. You take care of yourselves out there. I'll see you the next time for the end of this battle. All right, travelers, I bid you all adieu.